What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode 16. My name is Jason. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by a guy named Travis. Travis, how are you feeling today? Doing all right. Um, I'm still uh, I'm still baffled by the information you gave me a little bit ago, unrelated to PlayStation, about these uh, these E68 Mercury planes. Mm, yeah, isn't that fascinating? What America does whenever we feel threatened? I'm not sure. Or like we could by. be threatened. What, what does it matter? Okay, so tell people what it is real quick. So anytime, my understanding is that anytime that the president is incapacitated or could potentially be incapacitated, we take certain steps in America as far as our military. So today, whenever Donald Trump tested positive for COVID, my understanding is that we always have one of these planes in the air, but we purposefully made them radar visible to everyone in the world, essentially. And what these planes are, are basically nuclear control centers that are airborne that can launch the entire nuclear arsenal of the United States from anywhere in the world, including missiles from submarines underground remotely or underwater, I should say. What's it's an underground, underground submarine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a trimmer. That's it's a, that's Kevin a, Bacon shit. Yeah, it's a subterranean terrain. Ter- terrain. Yeah. You know, so this a- so so this afternoon, I guess, or this may have been sometime yesterday, like earlier in the day, but whenever it was or about the same time that it was announced that Trump had a positive test, these two planes that are I think they're E six B Mercury planes became visible on radar, and one was off directly off the East coast by Washington DC. And the other one was directly off the West coast. And it's basically like telling all the other countries in the world that have ICBMs and nuclear missiles, like, Hey, just don't even bother trying right now. Like don't, <laughs> don't fuck with us. Like we're ready to go. So not, this isn't, the, this isn't the time. Just leave us alone while we sort this out. I'm not, the part that's interesting to me is that they make it, um, visible on all radar i'm not surprised that we have this we've we've heard at least people in america we've heard about this for years that we have something at all times in the sky Mm -hmm. watching everyone i don't understand why they think just because the president is quote-unquote threatened that we need to now be off the radar like i feel like if (laughs) right putin wants to hit us he's gonna hit us or uh, the guy that looks like pooh bear in china look i mean Mm. I don't. I just. I think it's silly to be like, oh well, now we're threatened, so you better line it up. As if uh, Pence couldn't hit the button or Pelosi couldn't hit the button. Like, it's very strange to me. It's just like, you know, it's like uh, they're just like, it'd be like being playing poker and showing that you have one ace. Like, there's like, why right. are we doing that? Like, it doesn't matter. It's that American like speak softly but carry a big stick thing. I guess you know. I think that's pretty loud. That yeah, is, it's a pretty, it's the biggest, biggest stick money can buy. It is. They're putting their, they're just pulling their big stick out and putting it on the table. <laughs> well, Travis, for the uninitiated or the noobs, this is a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together every week and discuss all of the news, rumors, upcoming game releases, and a little bit more in the world of PlayStation. We post every Sunday new episodes. And if you guys would like to engage with us, you can do so on Twitter at the DualSense Pod. We also do occasionally stream on 
Twitch. You can find us at twitch.tv slash the dual sense podcast. And without further ado, Travis, please talk to me about what you have been playing this past week. This week has been something for me and the PlayStation. So <laughs> we had probably the worst time of our lives trying to play Avengers the other night. It kept kicking us out of the server. We would basically get mm. to where we would load the, the level and then nothing would happen. Or I think one time it loaded me in, but not you, which was cool because you were the host. So that made sense. Yes. So we gave up that night. The I think the next night I got on after watching the finals and you were playing a 2K. I was like, all right, well, when you get done, we'll play uh, some new season of Call of Duty. Cool. So I'm sitting there. Power flashes goes off. So, of course, my PlayStation turns back on and it thinks I just ripped the AC power cord out of the back. Why wouldn't it think that? So it's telling me all that bullshit, like, don't do this. You're going to kill me, whatever. So it reboots. It's, you know, whatever it does. Defrags itself. I don't know. And it's fine. Cool. Go to the part where I log in, you know, hit my little profile and it pops up and says, your external hard drive is corrupt. Great. So at this no, point, it doesn't. yeah. So at this point, I'm pissed off. Like, <laughs> I'm more pissed off than I thought I would be. I guess if there's a time for for it to be corrupted, it's now. We're a, sure. we're a month away from the new Call of Duty. We're about to get a new PlayStation. The only thing I would lose would be one character on Avengers, just Hulk. So I'm like at level. I think I have him at 47 now. So I would lose one full character build, which is better than all of the characters. I would lose all of my F1 stuff, which honestly, if it deleted my career, I'm not doing that again. So I'm I'm done there. That's over. Uh, <laughs> same thing with Gran Turismo. Like Jesus. So I'm not happy about that. So it basically runs a reprogramming thing on it, is what it said it was doing. Jesus. And then it pops up and says it's fine, but that took me like 20 minutes, so I gave up and went to bed. So um, that was like two or three nights of trying to play video games. It was a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. And then last night I uh, took my um, my pedals apart on my sim rig and um, basically rebuilt the brakes so it's more responsive. I think I made it a little too responsive now. I went from one end with too much slack to now I've made it too responsive. So I'm going to have to recalibrate it at some point, which... You know, that's not that big of a deal. I think it works. I still think it's better than it was, but it's just a little too stiff. So aside from accomplishing nothing uh, on that front, I did play, I think I'm halfway through Mafia. That's about all I managed to get done. Mafia. How's that? What, do you, what are your thoughts on Mafia Definitive Edition? Especially, oh, well, we'll get to that. Just tell me your thoughts on the game. It, it was a lot better when I was a kid. Really? Part of that was because I was like 12 or 13 and I hadn't played games like Red Dead or GTA or Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. I hadn't played these big, awesome, fun games yet. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like it's good. And there is a sandbox mode. Like you can go to free play and goof off and do whatever you want. That's that's fine. But there's something about it that's just, it's not as in-depth as the games are now. And that's fine. It when. We talk about games being a $40 game. Like, this is a $40 game. Like, you're getting $40 worth of gaming, I think, out of it. That's the, it's the definition of that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's clean. Um, you know, the soundtrack's always good if, you're, if you like that kind of feel. It has a great atmosphere. The shooting isn't terrible. 
the cover system's kind of janky sometimes, but it was like that on the first one that I remember. Um, the same thing with the driving. The driving's actually pretty good on the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the driving physics at all. The motorcycles are really cool. I tend to get on those more than I do the cars. It's the motorbikes. Right. And there's, I've had two missions that were just <laughs> bending me over, like to the point where I wanted to throw my controller. The, as everybody knows, the race is, mm. it is awful. And it's like, it's so hard. Like you make one mistake and you're done. And the more you run the race, you need to run the race a few times even though you're not going to win because certain things happen in the race that if you, once you pick them out, it makes the mission easier. So it's important to go the whole distance a few times. So you kind of know what those cues are to look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to learn a couple places where you can cut the corners. I did that a few times just to make sure I was okay. You know, you can watch all tutorials you want. It's not really going to help you. You have to learn how to run it yourself. Um, The other one which was terrible is you're getting chased by this armored car with a gun on the top and you have to shoot mm. the gun and disable the gun before it kills you or kills the vehicle you're in. And I think I played that mission 45 times. Just load it up, die, load it up, die, load it up, die, load it up, die. I, I was furious. And then you discovered that you can turn aim assist on. Right. So I had aim assist off because I was trying to beat the game on classic. So I'm fooling around, and then I watched a video of a guy doing it, and I noticed when he was shooting, the gun didn't move. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. some bullshit. Like, he must be on, like, easy mode or something. So I'm fooling around on the settings because what I was doing was changing my my controller sensitivity because I was thinking, like, well, I'll turn it down so when the car jerks, you know, it doesn't just throw the gun around, right? Which mm-hmm. helped. It did help, uh, but it didn't. I still couldn't beat it. It was literally impossible, like, to the point where I thought, they, you can't beat this game. And... I went to the aim assist menu and I realized I could turn it. It was off and I could turn it all the way up to high. So I thought, well, is this going to change? Usually like when you change something like that, it will change the difficulty to custom or whatever. Right. So I change it. I put it on high and doesn't change the difficulty. Nice. So I was like, perfect. So load it up, put it on high, literally two seconds shooting the thing. It blows up. <laughs> Turn, turn the aim assist back off and <laughs> finish the mission. Heartache. Yeah, all that heartache for nothing. So now I learned that if I get stuck somewhere, I can turn the aim assist on, which part of me feels like it's cheating. But at that point, when you've done it literally 40 times, I, I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, piss on it. Well, I've been playing Red Dead Online, per usual. I also played Modern Warfare a little bit with you this week. Not a good week for me again. I'm losing my edge <laughs> a little bit there. With my receding hairline also comes my receding skill in Call of Duty. That's fine. I will say I tried the PKM, and I think it's good. Yeah, they buffed it. There's something about it. I need to go back to it. Uh, We played it. Well, we tried to play Avengers like we talked about. We did have success one night. I've made the switch to Iron Man because I maxed out Captain America, so that's Mm -hmm. fun. He looks awesome, too. He got a pretty cool skin. Yeah. And then I played NBA 2K21 here and there, just still working on my team because that will transfer to the PlayStation 5, we know. So that that's still a fun game. It's like you've said before, it's exactly last year's game, but just some new features basically. And so I'm wondering if there's going to be a bigger overhaul for the PS5 version. We'll find out in about a month, so. But that's pretty much it. But before we move on to the news, I wanted to ask you, because last episode, 
when we were discussing exchanging my TV for the TV stand, you said that you did not think you were going to see a difference in the graphics right. on that on that TV. Now, you still have the base PS4, so you you're not experiencing 4K yet. However, you are experiencing HDR. So, did it in fact not look any different or did it? It looked exactly the same. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, it's actually um I noticed it as soon as I turned it on because I went and, you know, you, I turned it on, I recalibrated my HDR settings and I mm-hmm. backed out and I have the Ghost of Shishima theme and it just looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that it's clearer, it's like brighter. It's like uh, more vibrant, you know? Yeah. Like literally high definition, right? High definition resolution. <laughs> so, no, it's cool. Um, it makes F1 usable. Um, I had to really, really fuck with the colors to get it to where I could race on it, and it's a lot better now. It's easier to see people, um, like on Call of Duty and stuff like that. Like, it seems like it's easier to see shadows and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, the colors are more defined and less like less like uh, they don't mesh together all together. Right, and then you know, I did play. I forgot what I played. I played something where it didn't click in with HDR. For some reason, weird. and it um, it like you know, it went black screen and switched, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I had to recalibrate. I was on Call of Duty. I had to recalibrate it inside the game. Oh yeah, because it, yeah. it was weird. Like it was, it was significantly darker, and then yeah. I went and recalibrated it, and it was it was actually it was nice. Now it's really nice. So yeah, yeah, it is better. I I knew that it would be. I just wait till you see the PS5 on it. You're gonna you're gonna be impressed. So with all that said, Travis, let's. Hop into the news here. Number one, as developers and publishers begin turning up the heat on marketing their upcoming games and clearing up release plans, what remains unclear is if your progress on the PS4 versions of cross-gen games will carry over to their PS5 versions. Website Eurogamer reported earlier in the week that the upcoming Yakuza Like a Dragon's PS4 edition will offer a PS5 upgrade for both digital and disc copies. But Eurogamer noted, however, that, quote, this upgrade will not let you carry PS4 save files across to the PS5 edition. There's no word on why, end quote. Later in the week, Eurogamer also reported that Dirt 5 publisher Codemasters confirmed the same situation for their game, saying in a statement, quote, currently on Xbox, all progress can be carried over between generations. On PlayStation, your Playgrounds creations can be carried over, but other game progress, such as career, currency, and save deliveries, cannot. If that changes, we'll let you know. End quote. And finally, website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Tripwire Interactive's Shark RPG Maneater will likewise not be able to transfer PS4 saves, stats, or trophy data to the PS5 version which they are offering as a free upgrade. While there appears to be some sort of back-end issue that will not allow PS4 save files to work on the PS5, Eurogamer points out that this is an issue which Sony can clearly work around, at least in the first party, as Spider-Man Miles Morales saves will transfer from PS4 to PS5. So what gives here, Travis? This is kind of odd to me. By the way, this almost wasn't an issue for me. If the power goes out again and fucks up my hard drive, it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if we're being frank, it's kind of a win for Microsoft, isn't it? That they can, it seems like for some of the games, they already have that figured out, you know, for Dirt 5. Mm-hmm. 
it makes you wonder they can do it for Spider-Man, but not for some of these other games. Is it a developer thing? Is it a Sony thing? I don't know. It's yeah. It's frustrating, you know, if we get to the point where Avengers doesn't cross over, like that's gonna be frustrating. Um if that was the case, we would have waited yeah. until it came out on the five. Uh yeah. I, <laughs> I mean that's what I'm doing with dirt. Now that I know this about dirt, I'll wait. And that's fine. Just let me know. Yeah. But, you know, it's weird, right? Like I don't understand why they could do it for Spider Man, but not I don't have enough information. I I immediately thought about Avengers and how long and how much we've played Avengers and how far that we are with our characters. And I'm going to be like you, like the rest of you guys, I'm going to be pissed if after all this time we get our progress wiped whenever we, whenever we go to PS five. Yeah. John will never play it again. I don't even know that I'll play it again. If that's the case, like honestly, that's, that's ridiculous. And crystal dynamics, I don't think has addressed this at all yet. And that is scary a little bit that they haven't said anything, but I'm sure we'll hear about it here soon. But I got to say, I'm going to call this episode play has its limits. And the reasoning is because this is bullshit. So I got to say, this is a loss for Sony next gen. And on the other side, it's a win for Microsoft with what they're doing with you know, after we sat around and me specifically made fun of, you know, smart delivery, like, oh, we're going to have smart delivery on Xbox. You're going to get the correct version and everything is going to carry over no matter what console you play on. Like, okay, cool. You know, we we're like, yeah, that's, that should go without saying, you know, like, of course, you know, PlayStation is going to do that too. Or PlayStation already has cross buy. Like if you buy a game here, you can play it on other certain consoles on some games or like that anyway. Like, for instance, sometimes if you buy a game on PS4, you can play it on Vita. You know, you don't have to buy it again, whatever. So after talking shit about smart delivery, it appears that (laughs) Xbox had this figured out from the beginning and they've marketed it correctly and they've branded it correctly. They've communicated it correctly. While on the other side, PlayStation is fumbling the ball on this one terribly and we know that obviously Miles Morales can do it. So it makes it look at least if you want to give Sony credit, it looks like that because they're a first party studio, it's a first party game that they have access to tools and resources that these third party developers don't. Maybe that's the case. It seems that maybe way. That, maybe it will be fixed later on. Maybe Sony's working on it. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that way. However, As we sit here today, what it looks like is that Sony will not allow it to happen for third parties, people outside of PlayStation Studios. Mm -hmm. And it obviously physically within the architecture of the systems can happen. Right. Miles Morales is proof. So why are these third party games not allowed to do it or why can't they? I would love to know. And I hope that we get some clarification on it. Right. And... To your point, it's going to be some real bullshit, not just for Avengers, but for all these games that people are, have been playing that will not have their progress carried over. But not even just that. Think about the people who haven't been able to get a pre-order yet, or maybe they're waiting until next year to do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They're going to go ahead and get, you know, Dirt 5 right now or Call of Duty right now. And then whenever they get a PS5, what it sounds like, 
None of that shit is going to carry over. Yeah, you're just just your playground. Just waste. I didn't. I did not understand that about dirt. Like nothing carries over, but the playground you make the arena. Like that's odd. That's odd. Like that seems like that would be the least or the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and apparently I didn't include this, but apparently, seemingly, the reason is because playgrounds are saved in the server. So maybe that has something to right. do with it. Okay. So it's like not. It's, saved, it's coded different. Yeah. Yeah, it's saved on a server somewhere, so it carries over. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you, this is, this is ridiculous. This is unacceptable. This is, I don't know why I'm surprised so much because you got to remember, this is the same company who typically has these sort of back-end problems. Like, look how long it took us to have the ability to change our PSN names <laughs> because they couldn't, because yeah. they couldn't figure it, it took out. Us 15 years. Yeah. And then by the time that they figured it out, guess what? Oh, if you change your PSN name, there's no guarantee that your account will work on every game that's come out. Uh, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So it's just frustrating that this is a thing when the competition has this figured out. They've communicated it. They've they've, they've played their cards correctly to this point. And you know, part of it is that Microsoft is a software company, and they're much better at that stuff. I get that. Sony is primarily a hardware company. They, they're they not as historically good with this sort of stuff. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm frustrated by it. I'm disappointed in it. And I felt like that Sony needed to be called out for it. So, do you have any more thoughts about this? And there's, there's a certain section of gamers that this isn't as big of a deal to as it is to you. Um, sure. There's certain people that they aren't going to go back to those games or they're not going to replay those games. Um, if that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. like if I was in the middle of GTA and the, when the four came out, I would have wanted my save data to, to continue over to the four. Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, once I switched the console, I switched the console. So for me, about the only game I care about is Avengers and then my racing stuff. Like, right. Whatever. Like if red dead doesn't cross over, like, I mean, I'm not going to play it again. Don't even get me started on that. Right. But like for a lot of us, we beat the campaign. We got our fill out of the online. Like it's not that big of a deal. And that's what I'm saying for somebody like you, it impacts you, a gamer like you, it impacts in a much deeper way for people like me who different, you know, like, like I said, if I get, I'm probably going to only be able to race on PS4 until a year or two after the five. Like it's just the way it is. Like until, F1 comes out on the five or the new Gran Turismo, like I'm gonna have to keep my four operational. Well, and that that's okay. I was gonna say no, no you shouldn't have to. Your that your F1 game and GT will be backwards compatible. You'll you'll be able to play them on the five, right? But will my saved career be there? So yeah, I should have said this earlier as a as a caveat to this. So you can you're you can play. For instance, I can play Red Dead Redemption the PS4 version that I own on my PS5 through backwards compatibility and my save will not go away. My PS4 save will not go away. So essentially I'll just be playing a PS4 game on the PS5 with my PS4 save. Now, if they give a free next gen upgrade to red dead and I get the PS5 version, none of my shit's going to carry over is what right. we're, is what it looks like today. So the same, th- same thing should apply to F1 and, GT and everything. So you'll be, you'll be able to just play the PS4 versions. So there is that. So I don't want to terrify you guys totally 
But still, though, like if you wanted to play the the upgraded version of F1 on PS5, you know, on your new TV and the new console, you know, you're going to lose all your cars and shit probably. So Right. So we're we can only play the PS4 version of Avengers Correct. if the save doesn't. That's right. Possibly. Yeah. See, that's that's frustrating. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I meant. Like, it would be frustrating for me with that game. Sure. But like, I don't know, like I could get over it for a year with F1, if that makes sense. Because that's just the type of gamer I am. Like, yeah. I can see how I can see how there's going to be a group of people who are going to downplay this. Sure. But the realistic version of the story is if Microsoft can figure it out, so can Sony. I just don't want it to get clouded. Like, yeah, it's a bad look, but like there's people who aren't going to, there's people who probably won't even reconcile this as a thing. Number two, the upcoming slate of PS5 games received a plethora of new details from Sony this week, ranging from new game descriptions to gameplay footage. For starters, Destruction All-Stars received new gameplay details on the PlayStation blog, with a new trailer promised to be coming soon. It was revealed that players will begin every game on foot, where they must race to get their favorite vehicle or collect items like traps. There will be 16 All-Stars available at launch, each with their own special ability and hero-specific vehicle, which are known as Ultimate Skills. It was confirmed that the game features both single-player and multiplayer, and that new features, modes, and content will be added to the game post-launch for free. So, Travis, we don't have to necessarily stop and talk about each one of these, but I, I did want to stop here and talk about this because this is a, our first kind of detailed take mm-hmm. on what this game is. And I, me personally, I think it sounds pretty awesome. I know people are, right. people are down on this, but to me personally, it <laughs> sounds awesome. What do you think? I, I don't see what there is to be down about. Um, what I thought was weird was you start and run to the car you like, but then when yeah. you read the car descriptions, everybody has a car. So it's like, so I can jump in to the saber. I think it's who is it my car? Like that's odd to me. I think it's going to work kind of like the abilities on Avengers. Like you have to charge them up, you know, and then you use it, whatever. Do you just have a different looking car, but your ability sticks with your person? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so we only really got details on like what four of the characters, so like 20, 25% of them or so. So first of all, I think the art design is pretty cool. It's definitely playful. It's definitely fun. I like, um, and it's funny because Jacob said this, but I really like box top. Yeah. I just, <laughs> so basically with box top, you drop, you drop boxes and like, you know, if your teammate hits them, it buffs them, but then it's an explosive obstacle for the enemy. And that's like perfect for me. It's not <laughs> too difficult and it's not too easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm excited about it. People are people are hating on it because they say it should be the the first PlayStation Plus game and it's Rocket League and this and all that. So I mean, it is it is trying to tap into that a little bit. But I mean, is that a bad thing? It's one of the, it's one of the most popular right. games in the world. But it's not really Rocket League. It's yeah. There's no goal scoring. Like it's a it's like yeah. It's not. It's the same, but it's like twisted it's like a metal. Cousin. Yeah, it's like twisted metal meets Rocket League. It's and people are really upset because it's a seventy dollar game, but. I mean, guys, right. it's going to have. I think a lot of people don't realize that it has a single player uh, mm-hmm. mode. I think they think it's just a multiplayer thing. So, and right. that's It'd that's a marketing problem, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm excited about that one. Looks really good. 
Sackboy, a big adventure. We'll also, we also get some new news on that as well. It will receive a special edition only on the PS4 that includes a Sackboy plush toy. Players who prefer to go digital can pick up a digital deluxe edition that includes several extras, like character costumes from other PlayStation titles, such as Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding, which those were those looked cool. Gran Turismo 7 has new gorgeous screenshots on its PlayStation.com page, along with new game details. The game will run at 4K and 60 frames per second with HDR, ray tracing, and virtually no load times. Players will, also, awesome. yeah, players will also be able to fill the differences in brakes, which we've discussed before, throttle response, and tire contact with the DualSense controller. I know this is your jam. Do you have any thoughts here? One of the worst things about the last Gran Turismo is um, the load times are horrific. Mm-hmm. It's just so slow, but um, we're finally getting somewhere. We got some pictures, so and different looked, tracks, different yeah. cars. They're rendered really nice, so we're getting somewhere, finally. Those screenshots were something else. Right, it's outrageous, but I mean, again, it's Gran Turismo, so who the hell knows when we'll get it. (laughs) Right. We also saw some new stuff from Returnal, Travis, as it got an updated PlayStation.com page, as well as new game details. We learned that players will have to manage equipment and resources for each run while upgrading alien tech to enhance abilities for future cycles. While the DualSense adaptive triggers will be used to switch between firing modes instinctively. Mm-hmm. In terms of story, players will piece together fragments of the protagonist, Celine's memories, as they unfold this, the answers that she seeks. Uh, this game, yeah, this game sounds really cool to me. This is, I'm, I'm into this. So we finally got some story arc here. Mm-hmm. So we know we can build off of uh, past memories. I'm curious about the alien tech. What does that mean? Is right. it information obviously it helps me but in like what way does it buff right. me does it have, does it block them is there like a tree where i can pick what it does like right i have a lot of questions but it's awesome and i couldn't help but thinking how fun this would be like co-op right It'd yeah be a blast but i'm excited be. for this one yeah it looks good demon souls also got an updated playstation.com page which included some beautiful new screenshots and other game details such as a wealth of pre-order extras the Pathless, the open-world exploration action game from developer Giant Squid, will be a PlayStation 5 launch game on November the 12th, and it will also come to PS4 that very same day. The game will take advantage of the DualSense controller's features and will not have an in-game map, having mm-hmm. players rely instead on landmarks to learn the lay of the land. Do you remember this game from the PlayStation 5 showcase? It's the uh, the archery one where you're like... Right. With like the bird? Going, yeah, with the bird, yeah. Yeah, so it's the one with the big bird. Yes. And um, I, I was hoping, well, I was hoping it wouldn't have a map. It's called Pathless. Like, if you give me a map, it kind of defeats <laughs> the purpose. You know, that's a great point. Never even made that connection. But yeah, no, it's, I think it's interesting the way you move around, but it's not something I'm going to play. Like, yeah, same. There's something about it that seems weird to me, but I could see it being a game. It's a game you'll definitely see cosplays of. Yeah. Godfall also received a beautiful new cinematic trailer this week that gave us background on the story and the lore of the game. It was a really cool trailer too, by the way. I don't know if you watched it. It also got an updated PlayStation.com page with some new screenshots and clips. So I got to say, I'm I'm probably going to pick this game up. Uh, I'm, I'm, at the, <laughs> I'm, at the, 
back on the train. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> at that point with it. Now that we know like what's going on a little bit and the recent gameplay looks good and it's going to be one of the, I mean, it, it's going to be one of the few games that is specifically made for PS5 mm-hmm. along with Demon Souls. So I'm, I'm really interested in this game. I think I'm going to do it. So did you see the, the cinematic trailer or uh, or anything about this? Yeah, it keeps it keeps getting better each time we see a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we were so high, and then we just nosedived into the yeah. ground. I felt like, yeah. but we're, we're slowly getting back up. And again, that might have been just a the way they marketed it at that point, or the way they showcased it at that point might have been more of the issue than the game itself, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, but like you said, it's it's listen. It at first for a certain point of time, it's going to be the only thing we have that's in that sort of PS5 mm-hmm. wheelhouse. So. It should have some momentum there. Um, I just, I'm not 100% sold. I need to see some more. I want to see some, like, I want to watch somebody play it. Yeah, That'll that's make fair. Me feel better. Yeah, that's fair. People are saying that it it looks generic, which I, I mean, it's that's a fair criticism. It okay. still does. It still does in a way look generic, like we've said before. So, I totally get that. But I think there's been, I think Sony has stepped in a little bit here because. If you remember one of the first trailers we got had like some rap music set to it. It was just the, do you remember that trailer? <laughs> it was just kind of like, not, had like a, yeah, yeah. like a hip hop song or something. It just was not the right vibe for that. It was game. off. <laughs> so yeah. So this most recent gameplay trailer was put out by PlayStation directly and it was much more appropriate and much more right. in, in appealing. So I, I yeah. think Sony is going to, cl- is cleaning this up a little bit to yeah, actually. The, the first one felt like, they took an NFL street commercial and just put the soundtrack on it. it like, right. I don't know what we're doing. We also saw some new stuff from, from stray Travis, the upcoming PS five cat game. If you'll remember it from the showcase, uh-huh, yeah, it received a new write up on its playstation.com landing page. The game's description now reads quote, lost alone and separated from family. A stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long forgotten cyber city and find the way home. Stray is a third-person cat adventure game set amidst the detailed neon-lit alleys of a decaying cyber city and the murky environments of its seedy underbelly. See the world through the eyes of a stray and interact with the environments in playful ways. End quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I mean, I read that twice or three times. I've heard you say it. I watched somebody else read it. <laughs> I'm still not 100% sure what I'm looking at. People are interested in this game, but not Godfall and not Destruction All Stars. I mean, it's fine to, to each his own, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. This is one of those games that I might have to see gameplay, and right. I still don't even know that if I'll understand what they're doing. I'm, I'm interested in the way that I'm interested in Bigfoot. Like, I would love to see it, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know that it's for me. Like, sure, whatever. It, it's a cool idea. It's just yeah. odd. It's. When you release a console, it seems like an odd choice to have out there. That sure. seems like something you would do once you've established what you have. But yeah, hey, I guess when you, if I'm making that game though, I'm like, hell yeah, we're just ride this train until they notice we're here. Right. It's probably going to be like a nine out of ten game watch. So I mean, it's not for me, but I, people are really excited. There's I've, I see a lot of talk on social media. People are excited about this one. So to each his own. We do not judge. Spider-Man Remastered also received a proper rollout as well this week, including footage of the game running at 60 frames per second in performance mode on the PlayStation 5, a look at the updated Peter Parker model, and a ton of other details in a PlayStation blog post. The game has undergone a full next-gen remaster with overhauled environments, models, and materials. 
It will also feature ray-traced reflections and ambient shadows, new skies and weather, 3D audio, instant loading, and a revamped photo mode. So quite a, quite an overhaul there, Travis. Any thoughts here? Did you see any of the screenshots or uh, side-by-side <laughs> stuff? Yeah, I saw some of the memes. I was like, this is my Spider-Man. This is your Spider-Man. Uh, I enjoyed <laughs> oh, those. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. People were upset about that Peter Parker deal. No, it's ridiculous. It's already, so hands down, one of the best-looking games on PlayStation 4. Yeah. And I feel like we're keeping that going to the five. So mm-hmm. it looks pretty cool. Um, again, this 3D audio stuff's really cool, but isn't all audio 3D? I'm just, I'm very baffled by this. It's not computing <laughs> in my dumb American brain. It's different. You'll see. It's different. But anyway, no, it's cool. It's, it's um, like we talked about before, I think last week about remasters or, or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. redoing these games. You want them to look and feel a certain way and, and be worth your money they seem to have hit all those marks right it it makes sense now why they are charging for this basically in the ultimate edition i mean they have done quite a bit it's pretty stunning what they've done and it's it's definitely worth the extra 20 bucks so i i get it now and they had to show it but it all makes more sense now and finally travis several ps5 games including their digital versions became available for pre-order this week on playstation.com each with a litany of pre-order bonuses. Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Destruction All-Stars, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Godfall, Demon Souls, Watch Dogs Legion, Far Cry 6, NBA 2K21, FIFA 21, or FIFA 21, as our friends across the pond <laughs> might say, and Hitman 3 are all now available to pre-purchase for the PlayStation 5. Number 3. The stunning PS5 launch title, Demon's Souls, may not be able to hit the next-gen benchmark of 4K at 60 frames per second, according to analysis by Digital Foundry. Website DualShockers reported that the lads at Digital Foundry analyzed the vertical gameplay slice from the recent PS5 showcase and found it, w- found it to be running at 1440p at 60 frames per second. Regarding the Digital Foundry analysis, DualShockers stated, quote, Though overall impressions for the remake were resoundingly positive, they did make note of the fact that the game only hits 1440p at 60 frames per second. Noting that this is likely a demonstration of the performance mode, Digital Foundry similarly believes that there is likely a 4K 30 frames per second visual mode that will allow for better fidelity at a hit to performance, end quote. It is worth noting, however, that the version shown of the game was not a retail version, and it is possible that a more optimized version will allow for 4K60 upon release. Travis, any thoughts on this? Well, my first reaction was it's not the retail version, so sure, good to know. But let's let's keep an open mind about that. But you know, I feel like sometimes as gamers we nitpick about things. Is look, it's is it that big of a deal? Is what I'm saying, like. If it was at, if it was sixteen bit, that would be a problem. Sure. Like, Either way, <laughs> come on, it looked mean, awesome. Like, let's calm down. I, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Either way, what we've seen so far of it looks way better than almost anything that we've seen so far from next gen. So it's it's yeah. it's one of it's one of the best looking games that we've seen on the PlayStation Five. Even if it's even even if it is just fourteen forty at sixty or four K thirty, like it's it's going to be beautiful. So yeah. And the question I have is, is that because it's a remaster and there's something in that reprocess that's making it difficult to to get it to that level? Or is it like a developer issue or 
what sure. that would be my question because if it's a developer thing well then that makes you wonder about future games from them but sure you know again i don't know enough about remastering games number four call of duty black ops cold war zombies was revealed on wednesday by developer Treyarch. An eight-minute video on YouTube featured a gameplay trailer for the mode, while developer interviews revealed that players will have unified progression across all Black Ops Cold War game modes this year, no matter what mode you play. Also new in this iteration, players can now exfil by helicopter from a zombie's mission to bank certain rewards and progression, as opposed to just living as long as possible in previous games. Hmm. And finally, post-launch content for zombies will be free to all players, which will include battle packs and new maps. So did you watch this little video or do you have any thoughts here? Well, I like the linear progression. That's pretty cool. Um, I played zombies in college with some friends. We played off and on freshman year just to kill time. I was never a huge fan. Just wasn't for me, but I thought it was kind of pointless. You just see how long you live. And I thought that was, there's no Mm -hmm. end game there to me. It's just, you just die. Like I'm playing this game to die. I don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> but since we can escape now, that makes it a little mm. more interesting to me. So there's a way to quote unquote win. And I like that. So, yeah, I've never played a zombies mode, which I'm sure is blasphemy to a lot of people, but I've never played any of the zombies modes on any of the call of duties. I guess they're all Treyarch call of duties, but I mean, this looks interesting. I'm, it looks like fun to play, you know, as a group with like all of you guys. Right. Um, and it's got like a story in it that you, you know, advance through and, it's cool that you'll level up your character even when you're not playing the multiplayer stuff. You'll still, you know, rank up and unlock, you know, attachments and guns and mm-hmm. everything. So that's cool. So hopefully I can talk you lads into playing it. <laughs> it's definitely got see what it's about. It's definitely got more substance than it's had in the past. So yeah. I guess that adds a little bit of legs to it for me. Number five, we received updates on many of PlayStation's China Hero Project games on Wednesday. The China Hero Project, as you might recall, was announced earlier this year and is an initiative to help Chinese-developed games get published worldwide by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Website Gamatsu shared new gameplay trailers and updates from Anno Mutationum, Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch, In Nightmare, Convalaria, Evo Tinction, and Boundary. We also learned that Boundary, the multiplayer space shooter, is now complete. It will release soon on PlayStation 4. So, Travis, do you remember this Boundary game, first nope. of all? Nothing. Nothing's oh. there. Okay. So, you, all right. Second question. Did you look up any of these games? No, because um, my immediate reaction was um, <laughs> we don't even have a release date for the, for the new console in China because mm. of how they are, their government, basically. Mm. But we're going to help them get games out. That seems like a contradiction. I don't understand we that. Get- we we got to get these liberty-loving individuals' games out of China, out of communist China. <laughs> we have a million JRPGs. Do we need CRPGs? <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's none of that stuff in here. These are these are all interesting looking. So you need to. All right, first of all, you need to look up Boundary. It looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's a you're basically it's a it's like Call of Duty on this outside the space station. And you're in like astronaut shoots, shoots, suits, and you're shooting guns and stuff somehow in space. I know that doesn't sound realistic, but it looks, it looks cool. Uh, and the Chinese uh, never, they don't know anything about space anyway. <laughs> oh, touche. Uh, so uh, we'll probably get our podcast canceled for that one. Right. They, they have, they have, they probably have the second or third best space program in the world, but it's fine. 
<laughs> so you need to look that one up. Boundary, I'm excited about that one. I've got my eye on that. We'll see how that turns out, but it sounds like it's getting ready to come out this year. So uh, hopefully my progress won't reset when I go to the PlayStation 5 if I end up getting it. <laughs> but you guys look up Boundary. That's a cool game. The, another really cool one, uh, two other ones that I thought were cool were Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch. That game looks cool. And then Convalaria looks pretty interesting. So Google those games. There's gameplay out there now. Number six, NBA 2K21's new shooting mechanics caused even more controversy this week when it was discovered that players can mod the DualShock 4 controller to gain a major advantage in-game. Website Push Square reported that some players were able to modify the controller to remap the right stick function to a button. In a Twitter video shared by Push Square, a player was able to re- remap the right stick to his L1 button, which pressing would result in a perfect shot release every single time. The previously patched shot mechanics will no doubt receive further updates in the near future, but have now called into question the integrity of the competitive aspects of the game. Hmm. What Did you see this? What do you think about this? Uh, first of all, it's amazing, and I love it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have a couple of things. First, Mike Wang, play your fucking game. <laughs> this You figure stuff out like this. This is why you test the game. Hire two jabronis that smoke weed all day and eat Cheetos. Tell them to just fuck around on the game. Remap the buttons. See what happens. <laughs> this is easy to figure out. There's no reason that this should be happening. Like, I don't go into Assassin's Creed and remap a button, and then suddenly when I hit X, like I, all the Falcon spots are open or whatever. Like, that's not <laughs> how this works. Like, this is an issue with sports games, and we only see this issue with sports True. games. They don't play them enough to get out all the kinks. Like, look at Madden. There's clipping issues. They don't block right. In FIFA, mm-hmm. there's always all kinds of weird stuff like the diff- like the, your defenders like don't have the right amount of awareness. It's like they don't play the game enough to realize what's going on. They just want to sell these ultimate cards or these my team cards or these shoes yeah. and this Louis Vuitton bag in the park. Like stuff <laughs> like this isn't this shouldn't be out of the realm. And the reason why this shouldn't be out of the realm is people remap their buttons all the time, right. constantly. I do it in sim racing all the time. I remap my DRS or my ERS. I didn't, um, when I was playing Dirt Rally, I remapped my e-brake to my clutch pedal. Hmm. Why? Because I didn't want to buy a $200 fucking e-brake. But the point <laughs> you, is, you also I just do modded that. your brake pedal, like physically yeah, modded mod- your brake pedal. I, I did physically mod my brake pedal, but the, yeah, that's my point. Like, there's all these doodads that you can do to change brake bias and your strategies and all this fun stuff. And that's just on racing. And we're not talking about like, I've seen people invert sticks on Call of Duty. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff, stuff that we all know. So the idea that somebody would change a button to shoot or pass, that's, that should be obvious, right? There's, they are the worst at this shit. It's something like this every year. People just try to break their game to cheat. It's almost as bad as Call of Duty at this point. Like (laughs) this is why, I mean, playing online is already brutal enough, as you know, from their servers being dog shit and it being, a, you know, it just can't handle it. There's a lag every year, always, every online game mode, doesn't matter. Makes it almost impossible to play. They never fix it. They don't make any effort to fix it. They say no. we upgraded the servers. Like, what, did you add another hamster on the wheel? Like, it didn't change. <laughs> There's already a skill gap. Throw in the lag. Now throw in people cheating because they can hit L1 and get a green every time. It's, it's right. bullshit. Like, I'll not spend a second playing online this year. Well. And my other question about like the L1 button, like it's an automatic green. Yeah. Even like, let's say we tested this and we found it. 
would you not make it to where it's kind of like a baseball meter on the show? Right. Where it moved and you hit the little zone where it mimicked what you have under your guy when you do a jump shot. Like, yeah. Even if they found, if they would have tested and found this, they could have, they could have easily patched that. That's an easy thing. Like, it just drives me up a wall. And to your point about the skill gap, there's a skill gap on every single game where there's multiplayer without yep. you creating a shooting mechanic or whatever. Right. Yeah. And a lot of the games that we played before, you get matched in these places because of your skill. Like the new Call of Duty's doing that. All the racing games that I play do that. You get matched by skill, uh, your driver level, your sportsmanship. And I guess in Call of Duty, we'll be matched based off of our skill or our uh, points per minute or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do the same thing on 2K. What are your percentages? Yeah. How often do you win? And yeah, it'll take you a month of playing online to work for it to balance itself out. But that's how games work. Like, sure. It's just like when you play in real life, you didn't like people. Some people are just naturally better. Like, I don't need you to make the game harder for me to create a skill gap. It's inherently built in. Number seven. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier reported on Tuesday that Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red had sent an email to all employees requiring them to work six-day weeks from now until the game launches on November 19th. This mandatory crunch, as it's called in the video game industry, faced stiff backlash across the industry and on social media, prompting a response from CD Projekt Red early Wednesday when head of studio Adam Badowski shared a statement on Twitter that read, quote, these last six weeks are our final sprint on a project we've all spent much of our lives on, something we care deeply for. The majority of the team understands that push, especially in light of the fact that we've just sent the game to CERT, and every day brings us visibly closer to shipping a game we want to be proud of. This is one of the hardest decisions I've had to make, but everyone is well compensated for every extra hour they put in, and, like in recent years, 10% of the annual profit our company generates in 2020 will be split directly among the team, end quote. So Travis, without getting political here, what are your thoughts on this? Just based off of his comments and based off of things I've read about CJ, CD Project Red, mm -hmm. I don't think that they have a bad work environment. It seems like the people that are there want to be there. They're not upset with him or the, or the company, right? Sure. Um, I can tell you that just by knowing people, there's people on that team that are annoyed that they have to do this. Sure. There's guys that are pissed off, and there's guys who just want to complain. That's in every job. Yeah, no doubt. But having worked in environments where you work a lot of overtime because you're told to or because you have to, mm -hmm. a lot of times when those things happen, it's because stuff just falls on you at the end and not necessarily because of bad leadership or, or anything like that. Sometimes just things fall on you like that and you end up having to work these quote unquote crunch hours. And yeah, I've never developed a game, but I've done things that hundreds of thousands of people have been excited that it's happening. So sure. I can see where you could be a part of that and be okay with working those hours because it feels like you're doing something bigger than yourself, right? Yeah. So there's a give and take. And you know, usually we would have heard from other sources if, if 
the employees felt negatively about this. And I don't feel like we've seen that. So, you know, wherever you want to go with this, however you want to take it, you know, if it's something that's happening all the time, then yeah, then it's a problem. But there's going to be overtime necessary for certain jobs or for certain events to function properly. It's just how it is. I, I understand why if you're an employee, you're upset about this. You know, nobody, nobody likes to work overtime. Nobody likes to work on a weekend. You know, nobody likes to miss out on things in their personal life. I totally get that. Myself included. But to your point, when you are working on a creative project, you're creating something from scratch, from the ground up. You're building it. You're designing it. You're executing it. And it is something that is going to sell millions of copies across the world. I think that this is something inherent to doing something like that. And you don't make something at the highest quality or do something at the highest level without some sacrifice, number one, and a lot of hard work, number two. Now, is it cool that they're making it mandatory? Well, I know that this is in Poland. It's in Europe. I get that. Here in America, people are told to come to work, to work overtime every day across all kinds of industries. So we have a different experience on that here in the States, whatever you want to say it's, you know, capitalism at its worst and things like that. That's, that's fine. I I understand that we can, that's a different podcast, but I just think that even though it stinks to have to work six out of seven days a week, that it's, it's the price that you have to pay to make something like that and to be involved in this type of industry. And you know what? They're going to get rewarded handsomely for it. Um, They're going to get paid for that overtime and they're going to get a bonus and that game's going to sell, you know, probably 30 million copies or more. So they're going to be okay. Um, But I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit. And I would be interested to see what people actually working at that studio have to say. Mm -hmm. So maybe that'll come out. We'll see. And if it's like we said before, if it's something that every single, if it becomes an industry standard where when some people say it is, but you know what I'm saying? If to make a video game, you're expected to work 16 hours a day for six weeks. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Even like from the jump, that's crazy. But if you're trying to make a deadline, then yeah, that's sometimes what happens when you have a deadline stuff piles up at the end yeah. and they push the game back three or four or five times, however many times it's been. And people have been bitching and moaning true. about that. So that's true. They probably feel pressure. He probably feels pressure from the people above him or right. investors. They're like, we got to get this out. We want to get this out when the PS five launches. This is literally as far back as we can push it. Sure. And sometimes the only way to reach that goal is to push harder. And it sucks. It's not perfect. And I get it. But yeah. also, there's good. There's people there like, you know, doctors and nurses pull hours like this all the time. And they, they do it because they love it, right? Or mm-hmm. and when if they don't love it anymore, they move on. Right. And, you know, we all get into different jobs for different reasons. And we can touch more on that later. But the point is, yeah. 
if those guys we have not heard anything from the people that work there that are that they're upset so yeah i haven't seen it right so it sucks but i think they're all on the same team so it's not that it makes it okay but it makes it um livable if that makes sense right or yeah doable we, we've got more to, to say about this and hopefully we can give some people some different insight about this uh, here in a little bit. So let's move on to number eight for now. Number eight, Travis, we have several news nuggets that we need to get through here. As always, feel free to jump in at any time. First nugget here, PlayStation announced the October PlayStation Plus free games as Need for Speed Payback and Vampire. The games will be available from October the 6th through November the 2nd. Not a bad month there. Mm -mm. Website DualShockers reported that the former president of Rockstar North, Leslie Benzies, has received a new funding injection of $42 million into his first game called Everywhere, which is being developed at his own development studio, Build a Rocket Boy. I looked this up um, out of Uh curiosity because, you know, love Rockstar stuff. So, yeah, let's check out Everywhere. Went to the website. You click it. Um there's some trees, there's some space stuff, and uh, it looks like it's a game about everywhere. Yeah, this supposedly this game is like they're trying to make it like a, like, like a world beater, like something mind blowing. Right. So, so we'll see. When I saw almost nothing in in the website, but you could also see everything if that makes sense. So I was like, all right, <laughs> so this is they're trying to make something like bananas big. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he does with this. Dual Shockers also reported that Insomniac Games confirmed that Spider-Man Miles Morales will have cross-save functionality, meaning that if you start the game on PS4, your save will your save file will transfer to the PlayStation 5, as we mentioned earlier. That GTFO developer <laughs> not called that. Uh, that yeah. Uh, that GTFO developer Ten Chambers Collective has been acquired by Chinese company Tencent. There are those communists again. That Apex Legends has gone cross-play with support for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Origin on PC with Steam support coming soon. That upcoming PS5 cover-based shooter Outriders may be delayed to 2021 as the game's Steam page now shows a February 2nd release date. And that Ubisoft's Battle Royale game Hyperscape announced that they are, quote, taking action to fix the game's issues and that the development team is being restructured. Oh. told you guys that game sucked ass. Well, and then now Microsoft is restructuring them, so that worked out well. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft's moving them into different pods or something like that. It's okay. weird. Yeah, that game's toast. Website PlayStation Universe reported that PlayStation Party Chat will become cross-generational upon the launch of the PlayStation 5, with players on PS4, PS5, and the PlayStation app having the ability to communicate with each other through the Party app. Also, they reported that Fall Guys Season 2 will begin on October the 8th. Remember, this is uh, the medieval stuff. The um, Oh, yeah. We're going to have new walls and little ledges we can move and get horned hats. And Although the Vikings never wore horns on their helmets, but that's that's a different podcast. <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> Website GamesBeat reported that the upcoming Mass Effect trilogy has been internally delayed to 2021 by developer BioWare. Darn. The, <laughs> the collection of games was originally planned for this month. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Ubisoft's Beyond Good and Evil 2 is called in development hell, in part due to the toxic workplace culture promoted by now-retired director Michael Ansel. Apparently you say his name Michelle Ansel, whatever. 
Oh, he's so he's French. Is that what that means? Um, yeah. I thought this game looked interesting. That kind of sucks. Yeah, this is the guy that retired to go have a wildlife sanctuary that we talked about a couple oh, weeks cool. ago. Well, and then, of course, this goes back to our last point. Look how we know it's toxic. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> PlayStation Lifestyle also reported that Korean Games Rating and Administration Committee has rated a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remaster, adding further confirmation that the game is on the way. They better keep the same soundtrack. <laughs> PlayStation Lifestyle also reported that former Techland developers have founded their own publishing branch called Untold Tales, which will act as a, quote, specialist publisher for games with great stories. And also that GameStop Ireland and Shop2 in the UK have informed some customers that their PS5 pre-orders may not be fulfilled until 2021. So RIP to you lads over there in Ireland. <laughs> we do have uh, somebody or some people who listen from Ireland, Travis. Oy, potatoes. <laughs> you got that a little off, but... <laughs> Are we close? I don't know. Uh, I think that was a little bit more uh, British. Than oh, sorry. More. Yeah, they'll probably never listen again. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that Argentinian firm Evzen have leaked images of a DualSense controller teardown on Instagram. Industry rumors indicate that PS5 teardowns will be on the way from media outlets, possibly as early as this coming week. I feel like I shouldn't be excited about teardowns, but I am. Tear it down, boy. I don't know. I love taking things apart. <laughs> I don't know what right. it is. We need something. It's time. Website Push Square reported that Final Fantasy 16's graphics have not yet been tuned or optimized, and the game's producer revealed that the recent footage shown is in-game footage, meant to showcase that the game is deep into development. Website Gamatsu reported that Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires will launch on PS4 and PS5 in early 2021. That action RPG Yakuza Like a Dragon will release on PS4 on November 10th and will come to PS5 on March 2nd, oddly enough. Those who purchase the PS4 version will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for free, as we mentioned earlier. Did you like the uh, Yakuza clip I sent you on Twitter today? <laughs> the guy kicking the... Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Just destroyed him kicking the like. Yeah. Yeah. Gamatsu also reported that developer Rain Games announced Tesla Grad 2, a sequel to the 2013 exploration-based Metroidvania game. That shoot 'em up game anthology Psycho Shooting Collection has added a PS5 version in addition to PS4. No price or release date has been announced. That publisher Konami has announced the development of a third-person action RPG for console. No platforms or release dates were given either. That JRPG Atelier Ryza 2 Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy will also come to PS5 and will launch alongside the PS4 version in the West sometime this winter. That JRPG regarding Zero, Starting Life in Another World, The Prophecy of the Throne, good God, guys, will release on PS4 on January 29th in North America, and February the 5th in Europe for all you gigantic nerds. It'll take you till release to say the fucking name. <laughs> oh, Gamatsu also reported that 2D isometric adventure game, Beautiful Desolation, We'll come to, that's a nice wordplay there. We'll come to PS, PS4 at some point in the future. That hack and slash co-op, co-op action RPG Torchlight 3 will launch on PS4 on October 13th. That 2D open world RPG Ninth of Dawn 3, Shadow of Earthdill, whatever, it launches October 6th for PlayStation 4. That 2D fighting game anthology Breakers Collection will release on PS4 in 2021. 
that side-scrolling brawler 99 Vitas Definitive Edition will come to PS4 at an unknown date in the future. That Grand Theft Auto-inspired Brazilian <laughs> open-world action-adventure game 171 mm-hmm. will release on PS4 at some point in the future. Um, I don't know how they aren't sued. I looked up... I watched like 10 seconds yes. of this. I yeah. watched. Yeah, I watched like 20 minutes of it. It's fucking Grand Theft Auto in... Sao Paulo. Yeah, in a favela in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Like you drive and you hit these like you hit the slums and like it's like they even have the same mini map from like GTA four. yeah. I they, they might get still get sued one now that they're out there. So Gamatsu also reported that two point five D side scrolling action adventure game Project Colonies Mars twenty one twenty will launch on PS4 at an unknown date. That publisher Cubite Interactive will bring 13 titles across various genres to the PS4 in the future. The full list can be found on Gamatsu's website. That developer Probably Monsters has established its third AAA studio led by creative leaders from the Torchlight and Borderlands franchises to create a next-gen co-op RPG. That high-speed 3D shooter Wing of Darkness will launch digitally on PS4 on February 25th. That dungeon crawler fantasy RPG March in Forest, Milne, and the Forest Gift, whatever, will release digitally on PS4 on January 28th. And finally, that publisher Focus Home Interactive and developer Flying Wild Hog have partnered on a new title that will be the developer's, quote, most ambitious game to date. Can't wait. And that is all for the news, you people. Travis, it's time for this week's new game releases. The floor is yours. I have one game on this list that is amazing. I can't wait to to tell you about it here. I'll let okay. you know when we get there. So, all right. This week on PlayStation VR, we have budget cuts on PS Plus. I was talked about that last week. Um, on Shape, Swordsman VR, which actually looks pretty cool. If you want to see some like first person sword play that doesn't look hmm. jangly and goofy, uh, check that out. It's also got a little bit of magic in it. You can do little specialties with your sword. So that, that one looks pretty sweet. Lightning bolt. That. <laughs> Literally, it was a lightning bolt. Um, next up, we have Until You Fall, The Walking Dead Onslaught. And this week on PS4, we have Avatar Bundle, Sushi Break Head to Head, Big Bobby Car, The Big Race, <laughs> which <laughs> which I looked up. Apparently, Big Bobby Car is like a toy that kids have they ride around. Okay. Never heard of it. It's it's a game. Um hmm. It's 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 super weird. Uh, next up, we have Birthday at Midnight, followed by Cafeteria Nipponica, which is basically you're a cafeteria manager. Hmm. Then we have Castle Storm Two, Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time, and that is true. It's about time they made another one of those. <laughs> the Catch Carp and Course Deluxe Edition. Then we have Damsel, and then we have Do Not Feed the Monkeys, which is my pick for new game of the week. Please give me your guess as to what you think this is. I would like to think that this is a top-down action game. Wrong. Where you're at a zoo. Okay, what is it? That was a good guess, though. It is what I'm going to call an Illuminati spy game. What? Yeah, so the artistic style is kind of like old-school computer gamey. Okay. And you have these different cameras. And basically you get into this quote unquote secret organization and you watch people and you build clues based off of what they're doing. So the idea is you don't feed the monkeys, meaning that you don't talk or interact with people that you're watching. 
Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of neat. So it's actually kind of fascinating. So the video I watched today, basically you're spying on these people and you figure out like this woman is like taking pictures of uh, this other woman who's naked across the street and she's a famous actress. Mm. And through all these clues, you find out who her agent is. So you call the agent and tell him and then he sends you money for shutting down this ring. And then the organization you work for gives you money, but also you have to keep up your health you have to eat and drink. You have to. You can work to get money to pay your rent. Um, hmm. There's all kinds of weird stuff. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're into that type of game. I've never seen a game like it. Huh. That's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look that up. That sounds it's, weird. Uh, it's pretty cool. Moving on, we have Electronic Super Joy Two, Feather, Flight of Animals, Genshin Impact Free, Jenga Force, or is that Jinja Force? I think it's. Ginga Force, I think. Ginga Force, sorry. Mm-hmm. Glass Masquerade Double Pack Bundle on PS Plus. We have Going Under, Gothic Murder, Adventure That Changed Destiny. <laughs> Can't wait for this one. Kuki Yomi, consider it. <laughs> yeah. Liege Dragon, Little Big Workshop, Mafia <laughs> Definitive Edition, Mafia Trilogy. Maxim Football 2020, which has Doug Flutie's name attached to it. Nice. Um, this game isn't great, but it's not bad. It's, if you are got $30 to throw away, I would recommend giving these guys your money. Eventually, hopefully, it will be good enough to compete with Madden, and we can maybe have a couple of football games on the market. That would be the only reason I would give them my $30. Um, next up, we have One Finger Death Punch 2, Orange Blood. Outbreak, The Nightmare Chronicles on PS Plus, Panzer Dragoon Remake, Pixel Gladiator, which wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pixelated Russell Crowe, and it's we're like in space. Hmm. Following that, we have Pool, Port Royale 4, Projection, First Light on PS Plus, Star Wars Squadron, which people seem to like, Swordbreaker the Game, The Hunter, Call of the Wild 2021 Edition on PS Plus, Troll Hunters, Defenders of Arcadia, Undead Darlings, No Cure for Love, that that is an album, um, <laughs> Unrailed, Back Again, Warhammer uh. 40,000 Space Wolf Bundle, Warsaw in all caps, hmm. and last we have World of Van Helsing Death Trap. And as Travis mentioned, there are a few games on sale for PS Plus members this week, including Budget Cuts is on sale on PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Genshin Impact is a free-to-play game, as you mentioned. Glass Masquerade Double Pack Bundle is on sale for PS Plus subscribers, as well as Outbreak the Nightmare Chronicles and Projection First Light, and as well as the Hunter Call of the Wild 2021 edition. All those are on sale for PS Plus subscribers. Travis, as we begin to wrap things up here, wanted to discuss with you the Twitter fiasco from earlier in the week. Certainly, that, uh, certainly interesting. <laughs> that alludes to or calls back to the Jason Schreier report about CD Projekt Red requiring six-day work weeks that we talked about a little bit ago. So I happen to be on our Twitter account whenever this news came out, whenever Jason published his report about this, I came across it almost immediately. I responded to his tweet and it set our Twitter account on fire. 
And there may even be some people listening to this right now who saw that tweet and they just want to come here because they think that we're dipshits and that's fine too. Or there, there may be some people here listening because they agreed. So I'll read the tweet that I tweeted from our account and then I'll give just an overview of what has happened since then and then we can talk about it to wrap the show up here. So when Jason reported that, I responded from our account. There is crunch, overtime, 16-hour days, six-day weeks, etc. in many professions. Not saying it should be the standard, but success and results come at a price. If they don't like the video game development environment anymore, maybe it's time to do something else. That was my tweet. I hit send from our account. Since then, a few days ago, it has been seen 221,742 times. It's been clicked on 8,722 times. People have clicked on our profile from that tweet 973 times. It's been liked 783 times. It's gotten 228 replies and 73 retweets. So I tweeted that. I put the phone down. And you called me and texted me. You're like, you're like, what the hell is going on? So then I, I looked at my phone and it was going nuts. And for a little while there, I was trying to respond to people that were replying. And eventually I just couldn't keep up anymore from our Twitter account. So I just muted the thread. I, I was replying to people who were agreeing and also people who were disagreeing. As you might imagine, it is the internet and it's Twitter. And a lot of people were nasty. I even replied to some of those people. I didn't block anybody, not, nothing like that. I, I said it, uh, so you know we can take it. But uh, it, it blew up our Twitter account there, and uh, like I said, some people agreed and some people didn't. But here, here's, my, here's my thoughts. Here's why I tweeted that from our Twitter. I, I won't be political. This is all just from personal experience, and then you can, you can chime in as well. And we've alluded to a little bit of this earlier. There are all kinds of professions in the world that overtime and things like that are required or expected, so on and so forth. Medical care, doctors, nurses, construction workers, police officers, uh, you know, firefighters, whatever. Not even, not even though, not even essential services. You would say there are people who are forced to work overtime in retail and all kinds of things. Now, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying that people should be forced to work overtime, that it's moral or anything like that. People were coming at me about that. I'm not saying that it's moral. I didn't even say that it, that it should be the standard in video games. Right. But what my, what my point was is that, as we talked about a little bit ago, if you want to do something great, if you want to achieve the highest level of success that you can possibly achieve, if you want to achieve the results that you are looking for, sometimes that takes crunch. Sometimes that takes extra. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. Now, people really took exception with the fact that I said, maybe if you don't like it, it's time to do something else. Okay. So here's my personal experience of why I can relate to this and why I said what I said without getting too personal. So 
you and I both worked in Division One college athletics in the United States, which for those of you who are not American, that is the highest level of college athletics in America. Correct? Correct. When I did that for three, four years, whatever, I averaged 55 hours a week, year-round, every year. There were weeks where I worked 70 or 80 hours during the week. So two two work weeks in one week sometimes, okay? Not the standard at all, but also not unheard of. So I did all of that for salary. I did not earn a minute or a dollar of overtime. I did not get a bonus for anything. I didn't get a bonus off how many tickets were sold to the football game or the basketball game. I got paid $30,000 a year flat to do that in America. Okay. Some of you may think that's a lot of money. Not anywhere in America. (laughs) I I worked 55 hours a week for $30,000. Okay. I was told, not asked, to come in and be there at the office and then be there for all of the events. I was told to be there six, eight, ten hours before a football game and stay four, six hours after a football game. There were 16, 18 hour days. There were days where I would leave before my wife was awake and I'd come home after she was asleep. I didn't even get to see her or talk to her. Okay. You've done the same stuff. I did that for three or four years. I had had enough. I didn't enjoy it anymore. I got burnt out and I decided that I, the, the give and take of it wasn't for me. So I made a career change. I made a life change and it's worked out fine. I work less hours, I make more money. That's what I was looking for. Perfect. Now, with that said, yes, it is. I know that I said that people should give up on their dreams and jobs that they love and and their school and and change their life totally. I went to school for six years to do the job that I just described. Went to college for six years to do that. I still occasionally miss that job. I miss the work that we did, the satisfaction from it, the seeing the results pay off and, you know, the pride in it as well. Occasionally I still miss that for sure, but it was a personal choice that I had to make for my own sanity and well-being and, and, you know, financial stability and so on. So I come from a personal experience where I've been in a scenario in a situation with crunch year round and did not make overtime or a bonus on a multi-million dollar video game and so on. So you might even argue it's a little bit worse than what these guys at CD Projekt Red are going through. So I can speak on some authority uh, of, of about this. Just, of course, I haven't developed a video game. I understand. Somebody said that Developing a video game or programming, you know, software engineering is mentally exhausting for, you know, eight hours a day, let alone 16 or 18. Guys, if you think that programming is the only mentally exhausting job in the world, you're dead wrong. Sorry. So anyway, that was a lot, but what are your thoughts? Well, um, 
I wasn't, let me put it this way. I wasn't surprised by people being upset. I was surprised that we managed to cause people to be upset. I didn't think people paid attention. <laughs> sure. We've known each other for a really long time. And what people got mad about, I think was people, was you basically saying like, find another job. I think that's what set people off. Because there are people who commented with worse stuff than you did. Um, if you go read through the feed and just go off of not our reply, go to this, go to the tweet. There's other people who said way worse or stuff as people say in the South. Um, <laughs> look, I know it's not easy to just say it's easier to just change your field than it is to do sometimes. And to piggyback off of your point and what you were saying before, you know, I did the math when I was where I was. For three straight years, I had overtime in 48 of the 52 weeks or there you go. more than 40 hours. The weeks I didn't was every week in July. Once August started, it was prep for football. Then we had NCAA regionals for baseball in the spring. So that's why you get pushed into June. Um, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever sports qualified for NCAAs, we had to take care of that. All kinds of travel. I mean, you know, I was in Texas and then I was in California for, <laughs> I'm over here in Florida. Then we're going to a conference and like, it's just the way it is. And, the, and that's the world we were in. And yeah, that was the dream we had was to chase this mm-hmm. golden goose, if you will. So, um, and I'll go even more in depth than he did. Like if you turn on the college football championship and you saw an SEC school, if you turned on the SEC network and saw an SEC school and you watched a football game, I know exactly what that's like. I can tell you the timing sheet of the whole fucking day if you really want to get into it. And that timing sheet starts um, on August 1st and it ends at the end of the bowl game. It doesn't stop. You're there. Sure. I mean, I'm there till two in the morning doing parking passes, coming in at five in the morning to run the football game. Like that's three hours of sleep. That means I just worked. I've worked 40 hours out of 48 straight. Right. I mean, there was a day where we didn't sleep one time. I forget what it was. We were just up. And that's just because we had so many events. So look, the point is, neither of us want or asking for your sympathy or even your empathy. I don't care if you feel for me or not. I've worked overtime and crunch to put together an event or a program that was bigger than me, that me putting in those hours gave 60,000 people in the stadium however many people in the parking lot and however many people on TV for some of those people, that game on that Saturday or that basketball game that night or that baseball game, that's what gets them through the week to turn it on and see their team run out of the tunnel or to win. I get it. You know, I've been in college before where I'm in the shit and I feel awful and knowing that my team's on that night gets me to dinner. I've been there. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I like that job was I knew I was putting together something that was, bigger than I could do by myself. I'm never going to, yeah. I will never impact as many people as I did in that job again in my life. There's no way. And that's right. why you do it. I know we're getting close on time here, but one other thing I wanted to make a point about, you kind of just touched on it, but there, there were days that there were days just flat out that just sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, some of those football days, some of the days where there was homecoming and then football and basketball and volleyball and you know three or four different events going on at one it's time snowing you can't feel your hands yeah and it's like a 20-hour day 
and it's a lot and it's it's it was exhausting but on days like that we were we 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 pushed through and we did what we had to do because we knew that we were all there of the people in our office on our team doing it together like if somebody had to go move bleachers we weren't going to let them go do it by themselves because right. it had to be done and you know we we would joke that we were a band of brothers, right? A lot of camaraderie there. Yeah, there's camaraderie you develop because you are with those people so much. You're with people you work with, I mean, consciously more than probably anybody else anyway, right. at least here in America. So that's I say that to say that it's similar to game development. Think about how close these people are, how much camaraderie they have to what Adam Badowski had to say. It's their passion project. They care deeply, deeply for it. Right. It's taken up a huge part of their lives. You know, I'm sure that even the people who are who are fine with doing it, I'm sure deep down they of course they think it sucks. They don't want to be there six days a week for however long. Of course not. But they know they're at the finish line. They know they've worked with all these people they've known for however long on something that's going to be huge. There's a passion there. There's a camaraderie. You push through. You push through. I don't know how else to say it. So that's kind of where I was coming from when I was saying all that. And I knew that you would obviously relate. And I knew that obviously from the feedback that a lot of people did not relate to that. So right. and it's harder to see the people that do because the negative people are always the loudest. Sure. And that, and look, I get what they are saying. I understand that it's look, we both agree it sucks and nobody wants to work overtime or crunch or whatever. We get that. But when it's your passion project, it's, um, it's different. Yeah. And if you've ever done something you're passionate about, it doesn't even matter what it is. If you ever, if you ever been at work and you're sitting there and you're like, I want to bake this cake, it's stuck. I can't get it out of my head. And (laughs) that's all. And you go home and you just rock the fuck out of this cake you just made. It's the same feeling, but imagine you put everything you had into it. Right. And a lot of the people that do this are, uh, there's certain types of people that do jobs like this. Exactly. And, a lot of them are young and have all the energy in the world, but they all feel like they can change the world. Like we're going to fix everything, right? Sure. And you get to a certain age where that doesn't compute anymore and you get out for whatever reason. And that's what you were saying. Like when it gets to the point where it's overwhelming and it sucks, you get out. And in both in our both of our situations, we did that. We fulfilled our commitment and we got yeah. out. And Or you're a psychopath. Those are the two <laughs> people that live forever exactly. in that way. You either never lose the passion or you're just psychotic. Exactly. And we, I've seen those people. I've seen both of them. And they're both frightening in their own way. Yep. Exactly. Well, Travis, that's it, man. That's all we've got. We will skip uh, talking about what video games we're going to play in the week of he- week ahead here because we are running out of time on our time limit here. So if you guys enjoyed the show, if you liked what you heard, we would ask that you please subscribe. Leave us a review, even if it's negative, we'll take it in stride and share us with a friend, possibly. We would much appreciate it. Again, you can engage with us on Twitter at the DualSense Pod, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the DualSense Podcast. And we will talk at you guys next week.